everybody to the Robert John and the Rec podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Warren. I'm Andrew. I'm Robert. I'm Henry. And this is episode 99, and today with us we have my great friend of over a decade now, incredible songwriter, incredible singer, incredible guitar oh. player, Incredible human being, Mr. Trev Luca Third. Oh, I love you guys. Woo. Welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome Steve, my <laughs> right. brother in arms. And I'm on I, I'm like, you know, so lucky to be hanging out with one of the most badass bands I know. So there's that off the bat. Hey, Thanks, Trev. No real talk, man. I still can't hey, get over the you. show I saw you guys play. Like, I don't know if it was maybe a couple of years ago or something, but just you guys made a, a club seem like an arena and like the musicianship the everything about it blew me away and uh yeah man just i'm still buzzing from that gig that was a few years back yeah that was the uh was that the molly malone show mm -hmm. up in la yeah, yeah. man that was molly it that's malone. right <laughs> i think that was a little more than a couple years ago yeah maybe it was a little more than a couple <laughs> years ago i mean like covid was a couple years ago yeah, yeah but i'm just saying like i'm like i, I it it, re, it would seems to me that it was that soon i guess i mean it, that show hit me um like it was very recent but yeah, yeah. it was a long time ago so it, it stuck with me for it to seem recent you know yeah, and I mean, and it just it, now i know man well <laughs> i gotta i gotta come see the gig man i'm trying to get trev and uh, his fiance maddie out to uh out to mammoth Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, like you know, it just seems like driving, even driving like an hour outside of LA is like you know going to Japan or something yeah. at this point. But especially after the last year and a half, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped. When, when's the next gig? We're playing this weekend in uh, Cayucas. Oh, that's right. Because actually, uh, I'm going to be in Dana Point, and I was asking you. I was like, yeah, yeah. I could I could come do a gig, man. Tell me you're doing it, and he's like, nope, <laughs> not going to be there. I'm like, week, damn it. One weekend you're south of the town, we're, we're five hours north. Yeah. Exactly, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you would have came down this weekend, you know, we could have had some fun at the cliff. Oh man, yeah. What you got? So, so what was? What's the cliff? Uh, the cliff is a little restaurant here, right on the ocean in Laguna Beach, that we've been playing at for years and years and years, and they've always treated us really well. And it's been a, it's a, like a very intimate spot. It's really small, and yeah. um, it's just. It kind of feels like a little, little beach cottage that we get to play at whenever we get a chance. So, and uh, so you guys, guess, were, you, were you hanging there? Were you hanging there this weekend? Yeah, we played there on Friday. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Oh fuck! Which was a fun fucking show. Oh my god, that was fun. That was yeah. that. So you guys played the cliff back in June mm -hmm. without me. Because I had a I had a yacht gig and um, <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys that had to play a show life. while he was. No, uh, I, you know, I really did miss living large. <laughs> living large down on on the down deck of a, of a yacht gig. It was, uh, yeah. Cruising the harbor, and you know, if you want to leave, you got to swim. It was, uh, no, it was it was it was fun, but it, it nothing compares to. You saw Bill Cosby was there. It was. Uh, <laughs> no one should give me a microphone man i'm telling you this is why i don't do a lot of uh interviews or podcasts I get myself in trouble 
No, it was fun, man. And and uh, the the cliff is is uh, Trev. You gotta come <clears> down sometime, man. Just, I would love that. Uh, so this is actually what I heard the 99th episode you guys have done as a, yeah. uh, as a, and I think that's, I was really offended that I wasn't the hundredth person on the show. You can come. You, know, well, you, but, you, um, you almost made it though. I almost made it, dude. It was 99 <laughs> problems, but Trev ain't one of them. Um, and, uh, no, but I think that's cool. You guys do this. Um, I think that, you know, being in, having a strong bond and connection with your fans and getting, you know, people that love your music to get to know you guys more personally and then bringing me on, which is so cool. And, um, you know, just having people that one respect all of you guys as musicians and as artists and, and vice versa, uh, to have like a hang. And, and I think that, you know, I don't know in the music world, I just feel most of the time musicians are just, it's a good hang, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up in it my whole life. Musicians, humble ones, for sure. But, yeah. like, I think everyone should be humble. But, like, you know, I think it's really great for music fans to really get to know the artists. And, you know, um, I love the fact you guys are doing this. And I respect you guys for doing this. Um, and, you know, it's awesome what you guys do for your fans. And it's just, you know, I don't know. I admire you guys a lot. And uh, so, yeah. So, I'm just uh, kind of like, you know, tugging everyone's steak here, but you know, I, <laughs> I <laughs> you know, but uh, I want to throw that out there, you know, I want to throw that I would tug everyone's steak. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was my point. Well, that's what friends do. Right. Yeah. But I feel like that's like something, especially recently since big gigs have come back. Like, I think we've all realized, like, you know, if you have a monthly residency somewhere and there's people that come out every, you know, we'd play the cliff every Friday and you see them for every Friday of the f first month for, you know, as long as we've been playing in the band for the last three years, at least, if not for these guys, the last seven or eight, it's like, those people are like part of your family. And then when you don't see them anymore, it's like, Oh yeah. And, and, and I, we were talking about this the other day. I was like, some of them, I don't even have like their phone numbers in my phone, but I have such a good relationship with them because I see them at shows. And that was something I think, all of us missed. And like, again, the cliff is like this, the intimate little setting that we got to go back there and we see all these people and, and we're almost like late for our, our second sets because we're always like talking to so many different people. And it's just like, it's like a big family party vibe. And I love that. I love interacting. And I think that's like, again, something that may be kind of rare with bands to like, just really interact with your fans and yeah. Now that I don't back, like anyone that thinks it. like that they're above their fans. Like they feel like they oh well you know I'm I'm up here I can't yeah. talk to the fans or whatever I'm super cool. Yeah. We wouldn't and be here if we didn't have fans. You know, no one <laughs> would be anywhere without the fans of the music. And yeah, you know when when you're able to buy a fucking subway sandwich and you're a musician in a band, that's because of your fans. And so you know this anyone that kind of just like puts that aside and gets too caught up in themselves, well, they need a reality check. But like, you know, um, you guys are already bouncing back. And I love that. I, I love the fact that like you guys are already doing gigs again. Um, you know, going through such a long time, not playing. I, I haven't played a gig since February of when COVID started. It was in Australia with What's or Not. And like, I actually got home and, and that's when Tom Hanks announced that he had COVID. Yeah. And I had like a, I had a fever and a cough. I'm like, oh shit. But, um, 
you know, going that long without playing and you guys already going out and doing it. Actually, I saw a clip that, uh, that Steve posted. If you guys play at the way, the Wayfair, right. Mm -hmm. It was packed house crowd was going nuts. You guys were killing it. And I'm like, ah, you know, just how much I miss that. And I love seeing it. And you guys must've been buzzing real hard about that, getting that, you know, love from the fans and also oh, feel yeah. that energy again. You the know, the show was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It was so like sold out. It seemed like it was like pretty much pretty, pretty damn close. If it, if it wasn't, I'm not sure what the final numbers were through. The it, it, it looked sold out. Yeah. That's all I know. It was, it was, that's all that matters. Yeah. But was, I mean, was, the fans were stoked. Packed. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, that's one thing that, that was the hardest thing about COVID I think is, is not having that connection and energy with fans. You know, like we, we did, you know, live streams where you don't get any connection you know, there's no energy being tossed back and forth from the stage to the crowd or anything. And you like, at least for me, I look at it as like, you know, I have these levels of in my body uh, and like, you know, this level, you know, is, is just the energy you get from a crowd and playing shows. And like that whole entire year, it just dwindled down to nothing. And then trying to figure out how to fill that up when the only thing you can fill that up with is the energy of a crowd, you know, and playing a live show. <clears throat> that's when it gets really difficult at least for me you know I, I can't you can't substitute that feeling for anything you know you can try and go on vacations and and try and feel that you know but you you at some aspect you still don't get it like the, the only thing the only way you can get that is going to play a show and with people who are excited to be there and and uh it's that's i you know it i got filled up with that really quickly especially in the month of june i think we, we played quite a bit and my tank's full again, so it needs to have a smile on the face. <laughs> yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, also, alcohol doesn't doesn't fill that void either. No. <laughs> no. no. You know, it's so crazy. I tried, I tried, like, tried, I tried that for a year. Absolutely and it didn't, not. <laughs> <in that void. laughs> Definitely not. I, I feel, I've always, like, I felt that when you get back on stage, um, for me, I started realizing that I felt more at home. This is before, like, I, you know, clearly I, I, I made a home with my fiance, but, like, but still, like, there's that different sense of home, spirit home, um, when you're on stage. And oh yeah, when when you're up there, it's like another. It's just like this is where I was always supposed to be, and that's something I've always I've just felt so strong about is when I'm up there. It's almost like you're always building up, or there, there's some part of you that's like lost until you're up there doing that. And then when you're doing that, you're like, oh shit, this is why I'm living and breathing. This is why I'm here. And when you have that, that just like being so confident knowing if that's your purpose and that connection with people that you don't know, but you have this connection with people that like, that they will carry that connection for the rest of their life. You will too, but you, you don't know them. You don't have their phone number. You don't, you know what you were saying, Warren too, like, like it's just like you have this connection, a connection like the greatest party that you met all these cool at. And you're like, fuck, I don't remember that cat's name, man. But we had this, you know, it was a great hang. It was the funniest dude ever or whatever. Or just like yeah. this girl and I, like, you know. But you have this connection with thousands of people or a couple hundred people or 50 people. And you can't, they carry that with them. And, and that's the power of being a musician and a songwriter or whatever is having this connection with people. And you don't know what they're going through. They don't know what you're going through. But you just have this, like, unbelievable experience that, you know, might have saved a person from taking their own life or, you know, they just lost their job and, or they just lost their wife or whatever it is. And you don't know, but you're giving this amazing, like you're just pouring your heart out on stage, having fun. And they start forgetting for a little 
bit of a minute yeah. or two minutes or an hour, whatever, is like, wait, yeah. my life isn't that bad. And and us too, it's that sharing of emotion of like, we're struggling, we're going through it too. And these people are making us feel like this sense of worth as well. It's it's just such a unbelievably amazing spiritual experience being a musician and being able to do that, you know? 100%, man. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Put that in perfect words. Get deep. I love it. That's I love what we're it, here for. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm hopeful again getting back to the, like, I think that there's going to be a mutual uh, appreciation for getting back to the stage for musicians who maybe got too jaded with the fact that they were gigging too often. And same thing with people getting back. And I'm hopeful that the next, like, eight months to a year is just going to be madness. You're going to hear about, like, I saw the best sets from like these bands and like, I feel like that whole energy is just going to pave the way for the next year of insanity. And people are just going to really bring it to the table. I would hope. People are frothing, man. I mean, we're going to, uh, Maddie and I are going to, my professor and I are going to Lollapalooza. Her dad's playing and I played Lollapalooza in 2018 and, if, and that was one of the best shows I've ever played in my life as far as the crowd and the hang and everything. Mm. But like, I to go back and to think that that's going to be the first, um, you know, first gig that that I see and seeing like a crowd of fifty thousand people again, that's going to make me feel so fucking good, man. Because it's just like life's gonna <laughs> is getting back to normal a little bit, you know. Like I'm not like listen, I'm not going to preach about it. I like anti vaxxers I got vaccinated. Do I like the fact I got vaccinated? No, because I was not stoked about it. But like. The fact that I could go out and go to a show of 50,000 plus people and see what makes what I do for what you guys do for a living, like for us to feel that again and for you guys to play a show again in front of a packed crowd and maybe not like feel like, fuck, is this shit going to I mean, you were like a fucking one of the first you were, were you like yeah. patient one of fucking. Over <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, I got in as soon as I could, man. I don't like traffic, but I like working. You know, so like as much as like I'm like, uh, like I was scared to get the flu shot every year, you know, like I didn't do it, but like I got vaccinated when I was a kid. But anyway, the fact that I can go to Lollapalooza in a couple of weeks and be like, I'm going to go see like Limp Bizkit and a bunch of fucking cool bands that I want to see and feel that crowd energy again. It's like, yes, there's that sense of normalcy and that's worth every bit of, uh, you know, anxiety I had to even get in the shot. In the Is Limp Biscuit playing Lollapalooza? Yes. Is that what you <laughs> Yes, <said>? Andrew. <laughs> Yes. Epic. Where where is Lollapalooza? It's in Chicago. It's Chicago. Like, it's it's always like in the, Chicago? It's the yeah, it's the is it's it? like the Chicago uh the Chicago yeah. Center, Center Park. It's like the yeah. festival. What's the what's Chicago. the festival that, that that travels around and does different cities? That is also Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. Like there's other Lollapalooza. Well, so Lollapalooza right? does they, they do like South America. They mm-hmm. do they do, Lollapalooza is like a okay. huge brand, but mm-hmm. they don't do like any. If it's in America, it's Chicago. They're not going gotcha. to have a Lollapalooza in LA, but but they have one in 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 South America, and I think they might have a Lollapalooza in Europe. Maybe I don't know, but, but all I know is Chicago is the where it's at for uh, for American people. Didn't they do a tour of Lollapalooza though one year? 
where like Jane's Addiction headlined and they had like support acts, like they had like a traveling Lollapalooza tour. Or am I I'm thinking sure because yeah, Perry Farrell created it. Okay. So yeah, that's what I thought. I'm yeah, I thought that, that's like, what my, that might be what I was thinking about. Yeah, like a couple yeah. years where they did like big. Yeah, Perry major Farrell created city. it, and, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I think they just started realizing that Chicago was the, the place yeah. to do it. It was a long time ago that they did that. Like I don't think they do it anymore. I think it's planted in Chicago now, but I think like maybe in like the early two thousands or something they did like the traveling Lollapalooza. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Rad. Travelpalooza. Who are, who are you play? Are you you're not playing? You're just going. I'm not Trav- playing this time. No, Maddie's okay. dad uh, is playing. Um, his band's Journey, and so Journey's doing it. Oh. And uh, and yeah, so we're going. And- maybe you've heard of them. Do they sing yeah. that? Uh, they sing that one maybe. song, right? That one song. There's there's that, that one. There's that one. That tune. one song. Uh, yeah. Continue to believe, right? <laughs> Can't stop. Can't continue stop. to Not affirm believing. what's true for yes. Well, that's yeah. Bad. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy too because like, cool. like our dads go way back because my you know my pop actually put on Maddie's dad's demo before he even got into Journey, and so like it's just funny how you know full circle it is that her and I met. Not through our parents either, through Instagram. It was uh, <laughs> awesome. she slid into my DMs. I like to say, yeah, and, dude. And, and she's like, "Hey, you want to go to this journey concert at the Forum in LA?" I'm like, and I looked at her photos. I'm like, "Yes." Um, and uh, we were pretty inseparable ever since. And uh, nice. now, three years later, we're engaged. We have a house. We have a dog. Congrats! Yeah, Congrats. yeah. And it's funny because actually, when we first started dating. There was an article that Rolling Stone came out talking about Toto Africa, yeah. saying how Toto Toto Africa is the new "Don't Stop Believing," and I thought that was really funny because <laughs> I was like, "Babe, look at this! Like, <laughs> it's a, we're the Toto we're the Toto Journey kids, uh, you know, engaged to uh, not at the time, but we're together." And like this, like you know, this this article came out and it was really funny. But yeah, we we, we get the joke. Kids, we get can, the joke you too, guys. Them, you know, if you guys ever have kids, you can name them Journey and Toto. That's true, yeah. And then and then I'll jump off uh, the balcony here. <laughs> that sounds super weird. And uh, uh, I have like no, that? I have no, self, no sense of self worth. So yeah, that can happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it's a hey, proud of our parents. But yeah, so we're going yeah. to we're going to Chicago, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. And by the way, couldn't be more stoked that Steve, man, killing it, getting the Toto gig and all that stuff. Ooh. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my dad thanks me for that every day. Trev is the guy that got me the gig. So it's a. Uh, well, it was a no fucking brainer. But, you know, but what's so great, guys, is that you guys are touring and then like how it's all being scheduled out. But also, I'm just saying, and like you guys have always been really strong in the Europe scene. It's only going to get crazier for, for you guys as far as like, you know, because Toto and Europe and like there's just like this weird like Beatlemania over there with that. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, what I love too, I was talking to Steve about it, is like what I love about seeing all these articles with the new live stream that came out that you played and killed it. Uh, like they're always saying like, you know, Steve Majora, Robert John, The Wreck. And it's like, there you go. Like all these places are like, there's this promotion for you guys as a band that are so fucking good. So, you know, I mean, I just think that like, it's an everyone's winning situation. Yeah. When I look yeah. at the outside, you know, I'm not in the yeah. band guys, but I'm just saying, I'm looking at this like, this is really cool. Like this is a great promotion for everybody, and and and, and you guys deserve winner ears and way guys. Man, no, I mean, I said I was still buzzing from the gig I saw. I guess might, might have been ten years ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I'm just saying, like just 
you guys deserve all of the success and you know whatever gets that closer right the fuck on that's all i gotta say right on oh, yeah. cheers thank you well let's let's cheers to that cheers also, to that cheers what's everybody cheers, everybody steve what are you drinking cheers. up there i have a truly and this is a not one that i've had before and it's a truly original lemonade uh says so on the can you can see it. It's a, it's a lemonade tree, and it's very tasty. It's uh, refreshing, and it's uh, not cold, uh, but it is still refreshing. So I'm, I'm pumped on it. Trevor, uh, what's I like a few comments of being like, oh, just journey. <laughs> like, is that in journey? That's just no big deal or anything. Um, I, just lo- I just love like some of the comments. You know? <laughs> It's like yeah. I don't know, man. I squirt it out of a, a out of a nutsack of a very well known guitar player. I don't know these things. I just I just speak out of, <laughs> out of, out of my head, so. <laughs> Robert liked that one. <laughs> uh, I've liked it. I've, I've liked I've liked quite a bit of what you've said lately. Yeah, awesome. just, it just it, it flows off your tongue like it like it's not even supposed to be hilarious. Yeah, one, two, one, <laughs> just like, it's just like how you talk. Yeah, man, you know, it's so funny. Like, you need well, a podcast. You just, you, just, you just need to talk. You know, I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, but, we know how we know. talk to each other, and I'm trying to be respectful, and then you just keep throwing out shit like that, and I'm like, all right, let's go then. <laughs> Andrew's <laughs> like, there's no the hope for this is man. Going, let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pray for Trev after this. When uh, you start with Cosby, right? Cosby out the gate is... Uh, right. <laughs> off the top. Cosby. Like, <laughs> Wait, how much time do we have left? <laughs> as much as we need, man. Enough time to what what are you sipping on, Trev? What? What are, you, what are you drinking over here? I, I'm doing a little tequila soda. Ooh. Um, it was really funny. Uh, today, like, you know, it was 4th of July, and we had a few people over here and um steve you know i i just I, sometimes i'm not like to be honest guys to, i used to be a crazy party animal we used to party pretty hard together yeah. and um i barely drink i don't know i mean i drink like you know kind of a little bit you know even when we were like steve played uh, has been playing on my new project invisible friends and and um you know he would come by at, like at night and it was funny it was like this big like truly table but like i Really, that was really all Steve. I wasn't really drinking a lot of uh, the Trulies, but um, but like I used to, we were same saying, it's like, dude, can you imagine this was 10 years ago, us working together? And, oh, yeah, it's like it would have been like we, you know, we had a coffee table with cocaine, like, but like you know, <laughs> and we would have just been like, you know, three days later, like, what did we get done after um, four nights? We had 16 Trulies on the table. <laughs> he was like, if that's not um, progress, I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, guys, is that I Today it was like we're, we're you know we're hanging and I'm excited like you know what do a little bit of a hair of the dog situation and and I had a few tastes and uh, and I was like oh fuck man we have a podcast with you with you later on today I'm like oh god I hope I I don't fuck this up but seems like I'm already doing that so you know cheers guys cheers brother cheers, cheers. yeah it, we should uh, we should all uh, talk about how our fourths were as well as uh, what we're drinking yes I want to hear about it I want to hear about what you guys did war. You are, okay, we'll Warren, start with me. Warren, well, um, I mean, the fourth was cool because it was weekend. Like we said, we got to play at the cliff on Friday, which was great. Um, and we were back there with Steve, so we were firing on all cylinders. Um, and then the next day, I got to play at the Sadas Festival in Laguna with a band called The Great North Special. 
which I had been kind of filling in for them until they found another bass player. And that was the last show that I'm going to play with them for a little bit. Um, but that's a great band. And I love being at the Sawdust Festival. Just uh, growing up in Laguna it has so many uh, memories for me. And um, it's still totally locally run by all the artists and everything. So it's like, you know, a lot of things in Laguna seem to get bought out and turned over. And the Sawdust Festival, I feel like, is something that is owned by the artists um, and is run for the artists and a lot of local people. So that was cool. And then um, on the actual fourth, we went over to our buddy Robbie's house um, and I saw Steve and Robert and we had a bunch of our friends over there. We set up instruments and barbecued and played music and it was pretty mellow. Um, It's nice. Uh, You've probably seen a lot of the videos or photo shoots we've done there. It's kind of like a, a farm territory in the middle of San Juan, which is nice. Um, He's got like goats and chickens and stuff. So it was fun to just have all of uh, there's, and again, like everybody always has a gig. So like to get that many musicians that aren't playing at one time to just kind of get together and jump up and jam if you want, and just kind of like catch up, I feel like is a, is a nice thing to have because as things start to get booked again, it's impossible to get, all those musicians in one place at one time. So it was a great crew and uh, yeah, it was a great day. It was a beautiful day in Southern California and uh, yeah, we had a great time. What did you do, Andrew? Um, We got to get some housekeeping done first and I'm excited to talk about it because you guys were talking about how you're drinking Trulies. But uh, so we have two things that are going on right now that are very important One is next week we're doing a live in-person podcast at the Wayfair next Monday at 8 p.m. So we're still going to do it live on Facebook. So all our regulars who are not in town, come say hi on Facebook. But we're starting at 8 p.m., not 8.30 next week. And for all of our local, oh, Pacific time for, or what were you saying? Yeah, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Pacific time, yeah. For all the Europeans. And, uh... We're doing it live. Steve has put together a bunch of cool stuff for us to do live at the Wayfair. So, Steve, do you want to talk about what we're doing uh, for a live podcast? Yeah. So it's it's going to be dope. We're gonna we're gonna set up on stage, do a little uh, roundtable live discussion with all of us, and uh, also streaming it. But uh, really pumped. Um, as all of you guys have have been hearing, you know, in all. 99 episodes, including now this one, uh, the Wayfair has been our pretty much home base and uh, favorite venue for, you know, fucking years, like since the beginning. Um, so it's, it's, it seems only fitting to be able to, uh, to, to do the hundredth episode and ring in this giant milestone for this podcast there on stage live uh, and be able to drink with all of you guys that can make it out in person as well. Uh, one of the uh, owners of the Wayfarer, Sean Stevenson, uh, who's the bar manager as well, uh, is going to be doing a little bit of a, uh, uh, he'll be handling the whole drink, what we're drinking thing. So we're going to try some different stuff and uh, working with them on uh, getting possibly some faults or at least a, uh, a menu of different things that, that he's bringing out. And Sean is just incredible curating uh, all of the taps and uh, and everything at the Wayfair, uh, and you know that it's constantly changing. For our show that we played there a couple of weeks ago, 
he ended up organizing an entire Orange County tap takeover. So every single, all 12 taps were all local Orange County breweries. And it was just fucking amazing to get the community together. Sean's been just incredible. Also, Eric uh, Kalman, the talent buyer there that uh, we've been working with since before or since the beginning of Robert John the Wreck and since before the Wayfair was the Wayfair, um, is also going to join us uh, for a little bit and hop up on stage and and uh, talk to us a little bit. We'll share some stories and some uh, fun quips of pastimes that, as you know, all of us know with the uh, with the live event world uh, can be pretty fucking crazy sometimes. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, it's just gonna be nice to be all together in person again. This is gonna be our first podcast doing it in person since before covid um so that's i'm just to actually get to do this next to you guys again you know so that's gonna be great so come hang out 8 p.m next monday july 12th at the wayfair in costa mesa uh it's going to be fun as fuck my pants are tightening (laughs) and And we have one more thing to talk about which warren's been putting together so and we are also going to announce the winner of the Bluesapalooza ticket giveaway that we have been yes. doing. Um, right now, you can enter at our Facebook page or our Instagram. There's a link you can click on um, to enter two free passes for the Bluesapalooza uh, Festival in Mammoth, August. I think it's the 6th through the 8th. It's the first weekend in August. The passes get you uh, Thursday through Sunday. Um, and Robert Cray, Larkin Poe, the Motet, the record company, the Dumps lineup the is funk. Dumps the Funk. The lineup is stacked. Vintage these passes, Trouble. These passes also get you unlimited tastings. Um, I don't know. I was starting to read all of the fine print of what come in the passing passes. Did so I win? If, you're, if you're into <laughs> beer, there is going to be some of the best beer that is brewed all over uh, California, and you can get unlimited tasting. So. Go to our uh, Facebook page or our Instagram right now, and um, all the information is on there. You can sign up. You can win. And then we're going to announce that live on the 100th episode of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. We're so excited. I just just put my name in. Nice. (laughs) Watch. You're going to win now. That's that's a fucking nuts giveaway, by the way, man. That's like four days, unlimited tastings. Um, and all the bands that are playing and shit. That's it's it's That's several lineup, several hundred dollars of That's a serious fucking lineup prizes. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's gonna be dope. Cool. So join us next week for the live podcast and enter that giveaway. And there's a bunch of ways to enter. And I think you can get to it on what they say the Instagram, and then they can't from our website, right? It's just that Instagram link. Yeah, Instagram bio link. Yep. So if you don't have Instagram, go on Instagram, create an account, and then like us, and then you can see the bio, and then you yeah, can create the, an account, yeah. look up all your ex girlfriends, then uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> use it for what it's supposed it's, to be used it's, for. It's also yeah. it's also <laughs> this uh, this announcement is specifically um, for Southern California residents. Yes, um, we love you if you live in Oklahoma just as much. But as of right now, it'd be uh, <clears throat> quite a ways to go to a mammoth festival. Okay, so. um, we're not flying you out. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, no. <laughs> Strictly for Southern California residents. This is not a fly-out <laughs> giveaway. If we partnered with Amtrak, though. Yeah, that would be nice. That could be cool. Southwest presents, you know. Yeah. yeah. That would be fun. Anyways, after you enter, you should make yourself a margarita. Oh, so what I was going to say about Trulies, right? So the best part about... Um, <laughs> I'm that drinking a margarita. It's like a Casadora's Anejo margarita. It's whatever. It's my, nice. my standard drinking margarita. Um, but this weekend, I went to West Dixon's for 4th of July, which was uh, less of a drive than San Juan Capistrano. And I lost to Amanda because she's like, they have a pool and Robbie doesn't have a pool. And that's all she cared about, apparently. <laughs> so... <laughs> But the good part about it was I basically got to try every Truly Under the Sun. And so there's a couple things that I haven't tried before. One of them was uh, they have Truly Popsicles. Have you guys ever had those before? No. Like like Otter Pops? Yeah, they look nope. like Otter Pops, except they're Trulies, and they taste like Otter Pops, except they have alcohol in them. Those Holy were shit. fucking delicious. <laughs> one one you know uh, plus for true. I like that better it. than actual normal <laughs> Trulies. <laughs> Number great two with the slip and slide. was the Truly Plus iced tea. Have you guys seen these? I've yeah, seen them. I haven't tried them. Uh, uh, I don't think we have. Oh no, do we have them? No. Do you guys have you them? Funny. <laughs> I was like, are these one of them? Yeah. No. I, do you like the teas, man? I, I gotta say, the teas kind of. I'm not feeling it so much. They're a little sweet. They're on the sweet yeah. side. I think I'm on your team. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little like it's not exactly the peach snapple from you know like the snapple the snapples were so good, but like it just has this little bit of like a little not a big <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little 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 too much uh, too much sweet it's too much tea. health with the alcohol. <laughs> it's it's uh, confusing. <laughs> it's confusing me on what I'm trying to accomplish. Exactly. We also tried the my, lemonade. My liver's truly. confused. It's like, are you? Are, am I not supposed to get sick, or am I supposed to get sick? <laughs> we also tried the lemonade trulies, which were basically in the same boat. Overly sweet, too much, but still pretty good. Have you guys had cut water yet? I tried that yeah. this weekend too. It's yep. like a cocktails in a can. Yep. And goddamn, those things just go down as fast as a beer does, and that's why they're dangerous. <laughs> No, originally it was a Ballast Point company. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. And Ballast Point had like their umbrella with cut water and uh, cut water distillery products and then Ballast Point. And then I think it was Anheuser-Busch came in and bought them both up for like a billion dollars. So now they have distribution all over the place. I could be wrong. That's what I heard. No, well, so I had two of those like in a day where I was drinking a lot. And I was like, that was probably not a good idea to have two cut waters. They're good um, though. I, I don't mind them. But that was basically my fourth. And then we went on a West Dixon's roof, which is in the middle of Fullerton. And basically that's like, let's call it the center of the LA area. So in any direction you look, there was someone setting off fireworks so we, you would look like towards the mountains and you would see like Disneyland behind you or like, you know, from everywhere. So it was oh, basically wow. like drinking on his roof, watching fireworks from every direction. It was crazy. Nice. That nice. was my 4th of July. Robert, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm just drinking Jack Daniels and soda water. Uh, but just like you, Andrew, I'm just very simple. Nothing crazy because um, I don't have much in my house. 
in my house. Um, but in I, hell. I have, in my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> my house. I mean, my, li- uh, my, my lips house. aren't working either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, it's delicious. It reminds me of the olden times. So, cheers. But uh, I had a good fourth. Um, I, I went over to our good friend Robbie Boyd's, as as did Warren, um, and as did Steve for a little bit, um, which was great. Just great to hang out there and and have some fun. And before that, I went to um, my sister's place just for lunch and a quick dip in the pool um, because we could, you know. So uh, it was a good day. I just uh, I had a really long Saturday, and I needed a recovery day. And the Fourth of July was not going to be the recovery day, so today was. <laughs> um, my recovery day of Hence working the straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just eighteen hours. Eighteen hours of work in a day is just a lot for manual labor. So um, I needed today just to be completely nothing, uh, other than waking what up. You for, what do you mean manual manual labor? What do you? Oh, uh, I do some things on the side for production work, and uh, this production work just happened to be a lot more manual labor than most. Than most, it was great. Um, right? I like working and accomplishing things, and and um, it was just a long Saturday. So today is recovery, along with a podcast with you guys and some Jack Daniels. And um, yeah, we, I left early from Fourth of July. I was home at like ten, and it was great. Uh, I don't give a shit about fireworks. I think they're kind of pointless. So once the fireworks started happening, I left, and we got home and went to bed, and it was great. I wasn't up till like three o'clock, which also this was like one of the first July 5ths that I didn't have a hangover, um, which is kind of fun. So you pulled a Jason Raz, man. So all the fireworks from the freeway, bro. Yeah. I, it's good for you. Fireworks aren't my thing. Did you say so. a Jason Mraz? Yeah. <laughs> is that a lyric of one of his songs? Yeah. What was it? Uh, I saw fireworks from the freeway. Jump, 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 whatever. Um, you're yours. <laughs> Are you sure that was <laughs> exactly? Yeah, yeah. No, I think was, was it like the remedy or some shit like back in the day? I don't know. Mister oh, yeah, A to Z. Awesome. That was a really good. Yeah, he had like a chicken in his car. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he got a chicken in his car. Yeah, or something. Chicken in his car. Yeah. Video, yeah. But Henry, how was your sport? <laughs> and what are you drinking? All right. Um. Okay. I am going to answer that in reverse order. And after order. that, tell us what you're listening to. Be, tell us about yourself. very methodical, and uh, you ruined my segue. Thank you. Um, I was going <laughs> to do that myself because I'm the last person. Thank you, Robert. Anyways, this is a Hanamachi. It is a Japanese-style rice lager from huh. Bottle Logic oh. Brewing um, out of Anaheim. And it's uh, very good. It's the only beer I had left in my fridge, so I decided to... Uh, Drink it, and uh, it it's very good. Similar to like a Sapporo? Yeah, it's just like a fancier Sapporo, basically. Um, has a little more of a complex flavor. It's almost, it, I almost want to say it has like a, um, if you ever had like plum wine at a Japanese restaurant, it almost has that kind of a flavor to it. It has a hint of that. Oh, in it. It's so good. Um, it's super light, really good. All the way um, down your plums. Exactly, all the way down my plums. <laughs> and, um, Take the plums to my juicy, ready for the picking. <laughs> yeah, on them. Two for one Tony, special. Tony okay. Braxton over here saving okay, the best guys. for last. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, and speaking of juicy, <laughs> my, uh, I had a very juicy weekend. We did a gig at the Cliff in Laguna Beach on Friday night. 
And then I did a gig at the Marine Room in Laguna Beach oh, yeah. on Saturday night with my uh, psychedelic rock power trio, King Tree and the Earth Mothers, uh, which features my best friend Adam Ditt on the bass guitar and my good buddy Derek Aglet on the drums. And we did a really, really fun set. We did two sets of covers. And in between that, we did a full hour set of uh, our own original music um, that I that I wrote um, that these guys thought was cool enough to learn and play in a power trio format with me. And it was super duper fun. Had a lot of friends come support and hang out. And uh, Marine Room totally went off, um, was very, very well received and super nice. duper inspiring. Um, did lots of extended jams. That's kind of. <laughs> kind of what you need to do if you're going to get through a four hour set. Um, just basically doing like a 12 minute long Hey Joe voodoo child medley and that sort of thing. Um, lots of blues, lots of cream type stuff, lots of, you know, very jam heavy covers and just kind of letting the vibe flow. And um, it was really fun to just kind of like dig into sort of the jam thing and let the three of us kind of play together on sort of, simpler ideas and then kind of hammer through the originals and nice i'm honestly buzzing off of it it was really really uh inspiring uh for those that don't know my favorite format i do love playing in robert john the wreck very very much it's great but i can't get over my love of the trio it's my favorite thing there's a there's a freedom in that that i just uh always come back to um oh and you and, guys uh, kick fucking ass too no uh, like, well we're trying we're, we're working it out yeah, you guys destroy. It's insane. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I've been getting some clips from that show from from friends and stuff, and it is really awesome to see it and be like, oh, you know, I'm my own worst critic, so I'm always like, see things that people send me, and I go, God, that's so bad. And most of these I've gotten, I'm like, oh, you know what? That's like a usable minute that I could probably post to Instagram sometime. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know... Uh, if you want to know more about that group, uh, all the tunes are that I have released so far are available on Spotify. There's a live album featuring our own Andrew Spantman on the drums, and there's also a studio album. And uh, you can also buy King Tree on a lot of outdated formats. This guy Parker Macy is asking. Um, I just released some cassettes <laughs> uh, through, I don't know if you can see this, Cream Tangerine Records. Where I also work during the week, uh, and we arranged yeah, this before I started working there, just so you know. Um, and we just got the cassettes in uh, last week um, because it was kind of the easiest. It was actually the easiest thing to do uh, formatting wise. Um, so there's cassettes out. We have we have about a hundred copies of them available. They'll be available at shows, and they're also available at Cream Tangerine Records at the store at the Lab in Costa Mesa and also on the Cream Tangerine Records website. Um, and I'm very stoked that it has both records and a couple bonus tracks available on it. And uh, this this uh, 4th of July on Sunday, I went to my best friend Adam Ditt's place. Um, that's kind of been what I've been doing for the last couple of years. And um, it's just close. It's like 10 minutes away from me. And his dad, uh, his birthday is today. So like, it's kind of like a pre birthday party ritual for him. Cause he just goes crazy on fireworks. He just loves getting like super, super legal fireworks. I'm going to just let you clarify that they're totally legal. 
fireworks. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> just lighting them off in the cul-de-sac. And it was pretty insane. Super legally lighting them off in public in the cul-de-sac. Yeah, in public. Yeah, legally. Exactly. With, with yeah, permits. Legally. Yeah. With permits. Exactly. Um, and that's always fun. You know, they just, they are, they're those crazy firework people. They just love causing chaos. And, you know, it's 4th of July. Everybody's doing it. So they just contribute in their own way and uh, invite me to be a part of it. And, you know, it's very loud and bright and uh, crazy. And then nice. today I went to work at Best Record Store in Orange County, Cream Tangerine Records. And uh, there was a record that came in today that I'm going to talk about uh, nice. as a segue into what I want to make you guys listen to for the next five minutes after I talk about these guys for a little bit. Um, we got a record from this group. I need to make sure I pronounce this correctly because I just, I said it to myself a million times and I'm still not remembering how to pronounce it. Um, it is Samande is the group. They're a seventies British funk outfit and uh, they merged all sorts of different genres in their music. Um, all the members of the group are part of the Afro-Caribbean community in, uh, in London, um, or were rather in the early 70s in London, England, and uh, fused all sorts of different uh, influences from their own cultural backgrounds as well as jazz and funk and rock music. Um, had a good amount of commercial success when they first came out. Um, in 1973, they made history as the first British band to headline the Apollo Theater in New York City. And they also performed on Soul Train. Um, and then around 1974, they broke up uh, just basically because they weren't uh, achieving the success they needed to keep things going. Um, and they were all like established jazz and session musicians. Um, and then kind of around the 80s and 90s, all these hip-hop DJs uh, started catching on to their records, or rather had caught on to them and were using uh, sounds from the records in samples to create hip-hop tracks and beats and things like that. Um, so they gained a lot of notoriety in, in that scene. And then uh, about 10 years ago, uh, they did a full reunion and did an album in 2014. So... Today, I am talking about their debut album, Samande, uh, and the song I want to play for you The song I want to play for you guys today is called Bra. It's super cool. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this. Bra. Looking at fast 
as fuck yeah yeah that that record is amazing um it's really really cool we will get uh we'll get copies of it in every now and again at the shop and it's always like when they're when they're used and you can actually open them up and put them on it's like the best thing ever because you can you know we'll get sealed records that are represses of it and i can't play it because it's like i can't open it because the whole point of it is people buying a new record obviously so we got this Mm -hmm. used copy in so i was like i played it like three times in a row because i was like there's just so many it's just groove after groove and it's all really awesome sounding and super groovy and just great. Like, you know, mellow hanging out in the, in the afternoon, like get some stuff done at the desk and, you know, hang out, vibe out. People keep coming up asking what it is and looking at the record. Like, I don't know if I want to buy it or not. My question is, and do you, do you remember know? where, what, what, what show or movie that song was featured in? No. Okay. Me, me neither, but I thought it was, <laughs> uh, American gangster American sounds or, right. Yeah. yeah. It was like, there was, uh, some kind of mob like movie that featured that song. I knew that song by last, watching one of the last research Randy here real quick. Spike was, Lee's 1994 real... film Crooklyn featured it as well Crooklyn. as 25th hour and Martin 25th Vera. hour. That was it. Yeah. Ah. That was the movie. That was a great yeah. movie with Ed, uh, Edward, Edward Snorton. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was my cocaine name it. back in the Start, day. Start yeah. was <laughs> <laughs> Henry liked that one. The cocaine name. Well, I've been laughing at everything you've been saying. I've just muted my mic because you know you don't need three people laughing at once. Why not? I don't know. 
I just, you know, I don't want to contribute to the cacophony. There's already five dudes here. You don't need one more of them saying random things. I don't know, man. Before I you mute your six. mic, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was a tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll laugh at everything now. Very loud. Are Turn into Billy sorry, Crystal sorry. Meth over here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that's funny. I love you, man. That was fucking <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> And we're Anyways, off. The, the, we're the off. more the, the the more people that I meet in the music industry, the more I just fall in love with puns and just just terrible <laughs> things. That was the first for me, man. That was great. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Some on day, guys. Yeah, Henry, that song was great, man. Great. great. Uh, check out that record. Check out all their records. Uh, it's it's very very cool stuff. Um, I try to feature. You know, all my influences from all across the board and all sorts of different bands. And, you know, everybody knows I love the 70s hard rock stuff. I featured a lot of that stuff, too. I love all the uh, relatively unknown uh, funk music as well. And uh, I try to give love to all the people that inspire me. And if you like it, too, I'm going to tell you something. What You can check out my Henry's History Lesson playlist, which is available on Spotify. Tell you something. Um, what? It's also a link in the description, and uh, you know where we put the link things on these sorts of things that you can always check out. And uh, this is becoming quite a massive playlist. Um, I'm almost thinking about dividing it up in some way, shape, or form. If anybody has recommendations on how to do that, uh, you know, or how they think I should do it, you know, I'm very open to that. Uh, because right now this playlist has 104 songs and almost eight hours of music on it. So maybe we do it in different volumes. I don't know. Or maybe we just say, you know what? Let's make it a 20 hour playlist. Let's put 200 songs on it and make it. I mean, I, I don't see like the, the, the downfall of that. No, there's then you're, then you're going through volumes and you're like, what volume is better? What right. volume should I listen to? Exactly. What volume has that there's last just, band on it? It's just you know? the one playlist. It's just, that's no. it. Just the one playlist.
the one playlist to rule them all. And, and you can keep going list. until you make the <laughs> longest playlist on Spotify ever. That's a good. I, that's a good idea, dude. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's folks. my story, and I'm sticking to it. Right on. Well, hey, Trev. Since you're here with us and we get to hang out with you this evening, um, not for too much longer, but for a little bit, I have a question for you. And um, just to understand where you came from a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know that your your dad is a rock star, and uh, I'm not getting into that side of things. Uh, I, I'm more curious into knowing, because the first thing that I heard you play on um, – as far as guitar goes, and you're a fabulous guitar player, except the, the first song I heard you play on was uh, Knee Pillow. Yes, um, dude. Which was a, a comedy track um, with, with Brett Moline and, and Steve a really long time ago. 2013, man. And yeah. I, had to, I had to replicate your guitar playing because I was the one in the music video as the guitar player. <laughs> um, and I was like, man, who played this? This is rad. If if, if you playing? don't remember it, you need to like listen to no, it again. I need to listen to it again. I I don't remember. I mean, I remember <laughs> that I did it now, but I, oh yeah. my god, I haven't heard it since then. Probably. Granted, I don't listen yeah. to it every day or anything, but that's just dude. I feel like you that's guys like, ha- you have that. I do have that. Yeah, Steve has everything. Man. He's like a historian when it comes to everything. <laughs> oh god. So what's the question, Robert? <laughs> No, that doesn't do with knee pillow. It was oh, okay. it's more the fact of um, you know, obviously your dad played guitar, so there's obviously guitars in the house or something. But how did you find your way into your life, who you are now, being like starting with a guitar? I mean, do, do you remember a time that you didn't have a guitar in front of you, or was just? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Actually, always was, there, or or how, how did that drum- come about? For you? I was a drummer for eight years before I picked up the guitar. Uh, I was, I was a, (laughs) are you sure you're not a member of our band? Um, (laughs) Because everyone in our band played drums. Uh, Everyone everyone in our band played drums. Well, I think that's great because I think, I think that's insanely important as a musician is to have rhythm. But um, yeah, I mean, I was a drummer. I, I, I guess when I was a kid, I got a drum set. Like one of my first memories was playing drums and um I guess that was just my way of like being able to like hang with the guy, like hang out with like who was coming over the house and, or just, just hang with my dad. It was like, all right, like I can jam with him and he would come in to the room and there'd be an amp set up and my drum kit set up and I would just be jamming with him. And I, and I had time. And that was one thing is pops like you got a pocket. And, um, so I did that. I just started playing drums for a while. And, uh, but I always heard like, I always heard like riffs in my head, songs melodies all these things um and i wasn't able to do that because i was playing drums and then um i toto reunited in 1999 with the original lead singer and uh i saw a show and dad like dad didn't really play a lot like well, well toto didn't really play a lot in la but this show in particular just hit me like a ton of bricks and dad the first song of the set he just rips a solo and everyone's reaching out for him and i just at that moment it was like i want to be that guy i want to be up front i want to like have that you know i just i always heard just songs and riffs in my head so i was like i gotta get out somehow so i uh i had a guitar collecting dust on the bed and 
the, like, I think it was like the next day. I was like, dad, I want to be like you, man. Teach me how to play guitar. And uh, he said, oh, that's cute. And I said, no, no, really, really. Help me. What age was that? Help me, please. Uh, I was so, yeah, okay, I didn't even say it. So I was 12 years old. And so uh, I've been playing from four to 12. And um, dad tuned down my low E to a D and then had my, you know, index finger barred it. And he was like, sounds like a power chord. Have fun. Left the room. That was it. That was my <laughs> learning experience. Nice. As, as everyone said, dude, you learned from the best. Like, what was that like? I was like, it was, I was like, it was like part, like it was Good like luck, my yeah. index finger on a fucking guitar. <laughs> Sounds like a power chord. Had fun, um, but you know, obviously, watching him play, I just watched a lot of musicians, and especially him, and and uh, it caught on really quick. And so, yeah, it was just one of those things that that was my beginning as a guitar player, and then I instantly started writing riffs and. Then I went on tour. Dad brought me out to Europe on that tour, and that changed my life. That's the reason why I'm playing guitar for a living today. Is I didn't know the extent of their success in Europe. They didn't tour much in, like I said, they didn't tour much in U.S. And when I saw, like, you see your dad all of a sudden playing in front of like ten to twenty thousand people a night, and everyone knows every lyric, and people are freaking out. You're like, what the fuck? You know, like this is weird. And dad, when he was introducing the band, he was like, oh, and this is also a very, you know, the band's back together. This is a reunion, you know, reunion tour. He's like, also a really special moment. My son's out here with me and he plays guitar and he's like, Trev, we're going to come out and play. And it's like 10,000 people. And I'm like, holy shit. I was not expecting that. He had to hold the, the, the guitar strap mm. at, up and he's, and I'm like, what, <laughs> what am I going to do? He's like, and he just says, play anything, man. Just play anything. And I just played like one of my own riffs that I wrote at the time. And then like, you know, Simon Phillips playing drums in the band. I mean, Mike Picaro. <laughs> and, 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 and it wasn't like any of my riffs were like too much for these guys. You know, <laughs> I just started playing some like riff and um, they just start jam with me. I didn't expect them to jam with me either. That's fucking And all cool. of a sudden, like I do like a minute of a riff, maybe 30 seconds of it, 30 seconds to a minute. And it ends and this roaring of 10,000 people, trap, 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 this thing, it just, it <laughs> fucked me up, man. I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, that's it. And that was the moment that just changed my whole entire life. And um, yeah, never stopped ever since. And Yeah. yeah. God, it's fucking rad, man. <laughs> Crazy experience. Yeah, that's epic. Nice. That's awesome. The the feeling of being on stage and, and being in front of a crowd that first time, man, like it, it is infectious. And I feel like, you know, at least for me personally, like I've been since like, you know, my, my dad was doing, you know, like the German clubs and stuff in, in, in San Francisco Bay Area. But it was the same thing. It's just like what seeing the joy in people's faces and shit, like it's just insane, man. Like, and you, you can't. Nothing else that compares to that, like in a bottle and a can and a bag, like nothing, nothing else on a plate, like nothing else comes even close, man. Um, so lately we've been, we've been doing some shit together. Yeah. And, uh, so Trev, Trev and I, a little backstory here, um, about shit about 11 years ago now, um, we met through some mutual friends and, um, started hanging out and stuff and we jammed a few times like 
early on. Yeah. Um, fast forward 10 years later, Trev, his projects have, have gotten some, you know, insane acclaim and everything. And, uh, buy some babies, what's or not. And, uh, and yourself solo as well, which, which you put out a couple records and now you are doing invisible friends music. I like how you skip Lafara. I love yes. it for that. Well, yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to get, get to the butt. I want to get to the butt. But um, yeah, tell tell us a little bit about Invisible Friends, man, and what you got going on now. Well, Invisible Friends, uh, I always considered my songs my Invisible Friends, and I am a very spiritual person, and I feel that you know I don't believe that anything that I really do is me. Like I just don't. I feel that when you write something or song or whatever it is, these moments of, you guys saw the movie soul, right? Yeah. You guys see soul. And that was like such a beautiful, like deep, like for Pixar, Disney, I'm like, damn, man, these guys are deep. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> they're like talking about being in that moment of like, you're in between a spiritual realm and the physical realm and being able to be in that moment of just killing it. And, or like you create some incredible song and you're just like, where did that come from? Like you, you talk to any songwriter or a very successful musician, writer, they always, they, I don't think anyone really truly takes credit for it unless they're a real piece of shit. And like when you just have that feeling, so like the, it's like almost like I always, you know, we're all vessels here, man. So it's like, it's, it's, it's those spiritual, the spiritual beings, I guess you could say. Um, I feel that feed all of us kind of like, you know, guide us. So those are all invisible friends. And so when um, the unfortunate situation happened with my old band, um, six weeks before our album comes out, um, I get booted and um, it all just went to shit anyway. I mean, now it's like, doesn't exist. It's sad. I mean, we were a band for three years and we got a deal and agents and tours and all these cool things. And then it all just goes to shit for no reason. Ego, I guess you could say, man, you know, and that's, and that's, that's the sad thing too. I feel like, you know, when, when everyone, you know, band's tough is to know it's being married. You guys, five guys, you guys are married to each other. Being married with one person's tough, getting married to five people or four other people is a fucking nightmare. So, like, like getting on the same page it's really tough and and communication is so key and if you don't have communication in any relationship a band a, a, a girlfriend a boyfriend a marriage or whatever a family it just goes to shit and i'm an open book i've always been an open book but certain people aren't and uh you know all we you build up something and it just kind of ends real quick and then i had these feelings or like this, I was producing records for other people. Um, I produced three songs for this amazing rock artist named Dorothy. And um, I started producing my buddy, Andrew Hagar, Sammy Hagar's kid. He's a fucking badass. And I'm like getting into production and um, I'm just starting to have fun again, making music. And then I started producing other people. And then I started realizing what, it was just one of those things where um, I have all these feelings, all these emotions, and I'm working with all these other people, and I'm feeling really in a good place creatively. And I missed just having fun making music, and it's been it was a it, it felt like it was a while. It was just too many pol too much politics, all that crap. 
Um, and I decided to create a project and call people that I absolutely admire and love, Steve being one of them, and and uh, created this thing called uh, Invisible Friends. And yeah, we're th- three songs are are mixed, and uh, and I'm really really excited to be um, making music in a very positive thing. I had Abe Laborio Jr. play drums on a track. Um, for people that don't know, he plays Paul McCartney and Sting. He's like the goat. Yeah, maybe life. you've heard of them before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Josh Paul plays bass in Daughtry, incredible bass player. My nice. bro, uh, Bryce Zoderberg plays in Lifehouse, bass player in Lifehouse. Christian Attard plays bass with Mike Posner, um, uh, Megan Trainer, Ray, Hart, uh, Jake Hayden, our mm-hmm. boy, who plays in Dorothy now, and also Beth Ditto. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just uh, in the five hundred four horn. Yeah, Jason he got Parfait, me that, baby. You know, I had like some yeah, yeah. program horns he was, on a track. He's like, he, he's like, you got to get these guys on this track. He was just here. He was just listening in on this. Oh, dude, the I know. I saw that he commented. I fucking love Jason and yeah, Ian, dude. and they're so badass. And brought that one, the track that I guess you guys are here. I mean, I wasn't planning on anyone really hearing anything for a while, but. For, for this crowd, I I can't say no. Yes, but dude. Jason and Five Wait. Four Horns, they fucking crushed. And um, it was just so exciting to feel like this, like, you know, man, I'm not let fucking <clears throat> life bring you down, man. You know, you can get like, you, you can have these moments of having all these things happen and it all crumbles and out of nowhere, too. You don't expect it. Like, I put the band together. You don't expect the band that you put together. To, to get those guys to boot you out of your own band. You know, you're like, what? And it, and, and it, it's like, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in, but then I didn't let it destroy me. I just let it uh, drive me to the next chapter. And so thankful for Steve. Steve's the only guy who plays on every track. I want to do like something, you know, different players in each tune, but Steve is one of those guys, like, like J.K. Hayden too, um, just guys that I, as a musician, writer, it's just, there's these people that come into your life and you guys obviously can relate to this because you're in a band with Steve, but <laughs> you meet these people. They're like, fuck man, everything that I would ever want to think about, but on another level of parts, you come up, you hear what I, you know, I play something and you're like, Oh, I'm hearing this. And it's like, boom, like what the fuck? Like those people that you hold close and dear and respect and appreciate. And, um, yeah. And, and I'm really excited for what's to come and, there's a lot of great things in the works, but it's just good to feel good again, uh, making music and having fun. You know? sure. And it's been a fucking blast. Like last last couple of weeks working on these tunes, man, has been has been nuts. I, I was up here, up in uh, up in LA doing doing some work, and and uh, Trev was nice enough to let me crash at his place uh, for that week. And uh, he woke up a few nights of me heavily heavily breathing over him. <laughs> we won't talk about that. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, it was it was it was rad, man. Like it, it was really cool to see you like in your element of creating, because um, we we've done stuff before and, and done sessions and and uh, we did that that label gig for Epic and stuff, you yeah. know. And uh, years Paul Ray, ago, yeah. Paul Ray gig. Uh, shout out to Paul. Love you, buddy. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, who uh, lives out in uh, Malmo, Sweden? One of uh, one Ooh, of our stops on on the tour. Ooh, Malmo. We'll and, be there uh, in September. Yeah, um, and it was it was it was just awesome. Like going to 
do my thing in the studio and then, you know, staying here and like, obviously like, you know, I was like, Hey, we can work on some shit. But every night I came back, like Trav had been working like all day on stuff or I don't even know how long you were working on shit, but you, I came back and you were like, Hey, I got this. Hey, I got that. Hey, I got the other thing. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's go. Like, and they're, they're really fun tunes, man. And I'm, I'm really pumped for, uh, to, it was, it was really neat to see you in your element. And just creating and getting to be a part of that process. Oh, my God. Well, let me tell you, the honor is mine, man, because there's the Steve Choir that um, (laughs) is literally like an alien abduction on a track. (laughs) You know, like you just like all I could do. All I want to do is just put out a YouTube of just like, you know, when the song comes out, just here's just Steve Majora background vocals on their own. It, it, It took it a whole other level. And. And it's so great because Steve's such an incredible singer, as everyone knows on this uh, on this hang. Yeah, but like how it works with my vocal, how like everything you did was so just important, but supportive. But like it's hard to sing next to you, man. I mean, you know, it is. And but what's fun though is when when you were telling me about this project and as what, badass as Robert, and, Robert knows what I'm talking about, as badass as vocalist as Robert is, it, it's like you're one of the like just I don't know, man. You're like a fucking Ray Charles. Like I don't know. It's crazy. Thanks, man. But like, you know, it's just. It, 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 but you look at people like that. It's like like how you guys are as a band. Everyone lifts each other up. And so when you're on your own and you're doing this project, you're coming out of a band and you're kind of like fucking like fuck. There's a lot of emotions with that. Everyone that got involved in this project that I can't wait to really share with everybody. Um, lifted me up and i felt like it wasn't just me alone it wasn't just me like you know i'm putting myself out there and coming out of this really fucked up situation but i felt like you know i wasn't alone because of you and because of abe and jake and all and and josh and all these incredible people that that bryce everyone man i'm so thankful and so it's good just to kind of have that vibe and uh yeah and I'm just gonna start rambling on, but I mean, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really just really grateful, man. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful situation, and 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 you know, it's, awesome. it's such a brotherly bond, you know, with you guys and everything. It's just like, it, it's to find a band, man, that like everyone vibes. I mean, I, my dad's band; he's now the only original member of the band. Politics are tough, bands are tough, and you know. All I can say and preach to any musician that's listening in now is communication. Talk to everybody, man. Like, get through your problems. You know, if something seems like it's important to you and you want this band to last, if you get a group of guys you feel a connection with, fucking vibe, man, you know, and and connect and communicate. So me doing this project, these guys have communicated to me and they've lifted me up. And now I feel like, okay, there's a, there's a potential future here, but um, yeah. So there's that. It's a really fun shit, man. And we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to play, play uh, one of the brand new tracks from uh, invisible friends uh, here to close out this podcast. But uh, yeah. Yeah. We're excited to hear it. So much fun, man. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Trev. Thanks again, Trev, for being here. It's it's, uh, me, man. Always nice. good to see I'm you. I'm a fan, dude. I'm a fan. I'm happy to be Very here. Very nice bro. to meet you, me? man. I haven't yeah. seen you in person in, a, in a quite a bit, but uh, hopefully. I know, Robert, we'll, man. You're such a. Be- we'll dude, it's so good to see you, man. It's so good to see you. <laughs> Likewise, man. Little, it's a little box on the screen. I want to <laughs> hug you, man. I missed you. You're a beautiful cat. <laughs> and all the rest of you guys, man. I look forward to like meeting you and hanging <laughs> and, you know, 
Also, likewise, I, I know we've met before, but like actual, like a real hang, you know, like a real. Yeah, I miss yeah, hugs. Let's do it. Hugs are so nice. I'm so glad hugs are back. Personally, <laughs> speaking of speaking of hugs being back, what, what do we have uh, have going on? We uh, are playing um, up in Cayucas as well as San Miguel this weekend up in the central California area um, on the coast, as well as right outside of Paso Robles. Um, um, the Elkhorn is also um, on Saturday is one of the oldest bars in California that's still standing. Um, and Cayucas is uh, on the coast and we've never been there, but it's a little beach town and we're excited to be there this weekend. So if you're up in the area, come hang out with us um, as well as like we've said a couple times before um, our hundredth episode of the rec podcast, we are doing live from the Wayfair in Costa Mesa on Monday, the 12th. We have uh, some great friends that are going to join us as well as finding out who the winner is for the mammoth blues of Palooza ticket giveaway um, for this uh, great festival in August. And, Which you can um, still enter right now. You can enter all the way up until 5 p.m. on that Monday. So I believe that's pretty much about a week from today. So go log on to our Instagram, Facebook, all the information's up there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Make sure to... uh, Oh, go ahead. We do still have our pre-orders available for Shadow Anatomy Brother, our brand new record that will be coming out in September. Um, we have some really cool pre-order packages, um, some really cool vinyl, and some really uh, cool little add-ons. So check that out on robertjohntherec.com. Congratulations, guys, by the way, on the classic uh, rock magazine. Thank you. Oh, you thank know, you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, getting featured there. And, you know, the video's great. Tune's fucking smoking. I love the uh, I love the girlfriend making out uh, with <laughs> Andrew. I'm glad we added it. It was all yeah. at the last minute, so I'm glad we <laughs> fit it in. Cause it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's great. I had to go see my family this weekend, too. and they all watched the video too. So I had to hear about it from all my aunts this weekend of how they're like, <laughs> they're like, oh, you I'm make like, out? What is up with this? Yeah. <laughs> You tongue your girlfriend. We're talking about how much how poor my girlfriend is. I hope that's where it stays. Just making out. Yeah, exactly. Clothes on. Make sure to save clothes them for Jesus. On. What would Jesus do? Yeah. He would grab that sack. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Get oh, man. And there I here I go again. There I go again. I'm gonna piss off, I'm gonna piss off some people. Well, make sure to click the links in the descriptions below. <laughs> Give Trev a follow on Instagram. I just <laughs> lost a few followers. What are you talking about? At Trev Lukather on Instagram. You gained at and least at- one today, Trev. You gained at least one. Oh, thank you. Is that you, Henry? Is that you? That's me. That's I love me, you, man. man. <laughs> love you back. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Give Trev a follow on Instagram at Trev Lukather and at Invisible Friends Music. And uh, to play us out tonight, we're we're going to debut. Um, the, uh, the first track from, uh, from Invisible Friends called You Wish. And Steve is very, very, very much a part of this one. This was so much fun to put together, you guys. Yeah. I'm stoked for you to hear it. And, uh, Trev, Trev is producing and, uh, who, who makes this one? Uh, Will, he's a fucking genius. Um, Will worked at the Killers, Magic Dragons, he's a beast. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, this is kind of like a, uh, 
little you mean especially with your keyword parts on this very prince like yeah. there's like some prince vibes it's funk it's rock there's riffs and there's a horn section but like my love for peter gabriel is very present like uh, the so record was so huge on me and uh, yep i love, it. I love all you cats feeling with me with that man like and so you'll hear that influence very nice. easily with this oh, track yeah. So here is You Wish from Invisible Friends Music. Trev, thank you so much for being with us I tonight, I love you guys. Brother. Thanks for having me, man. man. I'm such a fucking fan. Roger on the Wreck. You guys thank you. are fucking legendary, man. Yeah, Trev. Looking forward to and meeting you. And for all of you man. out there in, uh, in Facebook, Spotify, and podcast land, be good to each other and get wrecked. 